Hello Instagram. I feel like it's been a really, really long time since I have come on, but I'm coming on with a really special guest today. And hopefully by the magic of Instagram, Debbie and I are going to connect. Um, Debbie has, oh, she's already here. What a superstar. Uh, I can view the request. I can go I've just been out in the rain, so I'm just noticing that my eye makeup is actually all over my face, which is lovely. I expect Debbie's looking fresh. I knew you'd be looking fresh, Debbie. <laughs> you haven't been walking in the rain, have you? <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't been out yet. No, straight on the calls. That's really sensible. I've just like looked, you know, I, I suddenly was like in a rush, obviously, you know me. I'm always flying around like a whirlwind. And then I was like, oh, must um must like quickly look. And I was like, oh, I've got mascara under my eye. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm really, really well. I'm very excited to be chatting to you oh, always. I'm really excited just to see your face and have um, a bit of time with you because it feels like forever since we were last together giving each other hugs. I know. It has been. It will be a year in September. I know. I know. I'm earmarking you for the next retreat that Lena and I do. Hopefully May. I'm going to give you the date, Debbie. We need your yeah. energy there. Yeah. And so for anyone who um, maybe didn't listen to the podcast before or the Insta Live, Debbie and I did, we met back in September on an amazing, very transformative retreat. And I realized what magic uh, Debbie brings. Just quickly again, Debbie, if anyone um, doesn't know what you do, like in a nutshell, what, what magic are you bringing to women's lives at the moment? Oh, in a nutshell is difficult for me because because uh, it's so unique to every woman. But um, in in short, I'm a transformation coach and I work one to one with women who are looking for a transformation either in their business, their careers or their lives. And I also run online programs that are all designed around fostering a discipline of deep self-love. And that is exactly why I um, do check-ins with my clients. And I had a really, it was a while ago that I actually um, got asked the question, because I always ask at the end of someone's check-in, like what's keeping you stuck or kind of, you know, what barriers are you coming up against? And she asked a really, really good question. And the one person who came into my mind to discuss this with, because I couldn't really answer it in a sentence, her question was about how do you, because I think there's so much, awareness now that we should be hopefully particularly for people I think who maybe do engage with you and I know that there is this drive maybe more now for people to go on this journey of trying to find a bit more kind of body neutrality maybe moving to kind of trying to love your body more go on that journey to kind of I know you use that phrase like come home to yourself a bit more but how that feels like and I think for this particular person who was checking in with me she was sort of saying, I, I understand that I need to love myself more and I need to kind of go on that journey to kind of feel more neutral about my body and just kind of learn to accept my true self. But I also have this conflict because at the same time, I know that I should be moving towards self-love. I also have this drive to change myself. So the women that I'm working with are often looking for like a, a health change. They're looking to feel fitter. They might be looking for fat loss. They're looking for sort of a body composition shift. They're looking to have like healthier relationships around food, a better relationship with their body. And I think there's that sort of dissonance between, I know I want to love myself, but I also have this massive drive internally to want to change myself. And 
I just am really interested on your thoughts or if somebody came to you with that dilemma, like I, I'm always seeking to change myself, but I also want to go on this journey of love and acceptance. Yeah. yeah. And, and the truth is that, that the journey of love itself is a constantly evolving circumstance for everybody. And that's why I describe it as being so unique. So I'll give you an, an example of myself, which was, you know, really where some of this actually started. So I was being interviewed about somebody around setting powerful boundaries and all of the how we could do that and the why we could do that. And then she just happened to ask me, so, so why do you do that? You know, why is it important to you to set really good boundaries? And I just remember really naturally saying, because I really love myself. And she went, wait, what? What? And she stopped the interview because it was so strange for her to hear somebody, an adult saying, an adult woman saying, I really love myself, so I do this. And secondly, she just said, you know, it's so interesting to hear that some of the most challenging things you continually still want to do for yourself are actually fueled because you love yourself. And I think that's, that's the thing. And I wrote down something um, before we came on. Sometimes love is the gateway and sometimes love is the fuel. And both of those, both of those will support you on a journey like you take your women. So when somebody is saying, right, okay, I've reached a point of neutrality with my body, but now I want to do this over here. Here's what's really happened. What they've probably done is moved away from a situation where they weren't loving themselves and they've moved themselves from a place where they weren't always talking to themselves nicely or in a way that is lovingly motivating and it's brilliant so they're moving away from that and then they reach this space of neutrality which is a lovely space because then you're not encumbered by anything else those thoughts start to dissolve but then you look at this path ahead and you go, oh, well, I don't want to get pulled back into all of the shoulds and the self-loathing over here as I evolve. Yes. So, so how do, and we start to panic a little bit. And the way I describe it is that what you don't realize in the shift that you've already made is that love was the gateway there. Mm -hmm. So you opened a door to love yourself more deeply and you brought that into the space of health and well-being and exercise and nutrition. But then what you, when you've got here, you need to now take that self-love and let that be the fuel. Oh, okay. So yeah. an example, how would you kind of give just like a practical example of that, like what that might look like? So it's, it's really simple. So you start to think, I'm doing this because I love myself. Mm -hmm. Instead of all of the other reasons that you think you should be doing it or why you don't want to go back to what you were doing, you're doing it because you love yourself. So I want to strive for what the next level could look like for me because I deeply love myself. And when I'm doing that, I'm also going to actively love myself. So now I'm not striving for the next version of me because I think I should, or because I'm scared of going backwards, or because I want to fit into an industry standard of what beauty and health needs to look like. I'm doing it for me. 
my first thought about my goals, what I want to achieve, why that's important to me, they all come from the same source. And that source is I love myself deeply and I love myself first. And when you use love as the fuel, then you can get through it in a way that drives you in a unique way. So it suddenly stops being becoming about anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's entirely about you. Oh, I love that. Like when we last spoke, you said something that I still use so much so that a coach that I am uh, very good friends with and chat with regularly, I was listening to her podcast. And I even heard her reference um, like, what would loving me more in this moment look like? And I think yeah. for so many of the women that I work with, I'm sort of saying when you're in these situations, you do need to kind of have that, that breath and learn to, to know what loving yourself, like really and deeply and truly in that moment would look like. And it might look like many different things dependent on a number of different factors. But I think the problem that so many people who start to work with me, at least initially, they'll still use language. And it was really interesting. You used a lot of the language just then, like, oh, I really, I really should um, lose some fat. Or I really should exercise. I really um, shouldn't eat that. And it, it, the language around it is all kind of prohibitive. And it's all kind of the wrong way around. And it's, you know, you get to do, if you give yourself this freedom and instead you come at everything, like actually, you know, I, I'm living in this amazing body that can move freely, hopefully without pain. I get to leave the house today. I get to go out in the rain or the sun. Like I get to do that. It changes everything. But it's it was really interesting that you just used that same, like um, sort of that negative language or that sort of self-punishment. And I think for so many women, particularly when I I find that most people who tend to work with me, they've kind of got to the end of the road of kind of trying to hate themselves into change. And they're looking for something a bit different because the problem and the reason it might resonate with some people who are listening is if you're living in a body that maybe doesn't feel like it's thriving, it's because whatever the change you were trying to create, it wasn't probably coming from wanting to love yourself more. It was coming from this sort of punishment, restrictive kind of this inner narrative of, you know, you need to, you need to be smaller. You need to, uh, you need to, you have to exercise more. You're so unfit. This kind of negative internal, very derailing kind of negative cheerleader. So when you're trying to shift into this healthier lifestyle, it's not with that notion of loving yourself more deeply. It's with this notion of you're not really good enough. You've kind of failed. Um, you need to sort of change something because maybe you're not fitting into kind of a social norm or, or where you feel like you're expected to be sitting with your body composition. And at no point have you stopped and reflected on what's pushing you into seeking out maybe this body composition change. And for so many people I work with, particularly recently, and there's a lovely woman I'm working with at the minute, and she's amazing. She came onto the group the other day and she was like, yes, but I just want to be a skinny bitch. Like I really <laughs> just, just want to be skinny. And it was really good because when you release that and then you start to unpick it, it was like, well, why do you want to be skinny? Like, yeah. what association do you have? Like, how, how was your childhood? Like, she was a child of the 80s. Like, who were the role models? What were you yeah. seeing? What was your mum doing? Was she always on diets? Was it kind of, you know, in the 80s, a lot of kind of low fat, kind of a lot of fads coming through? Kate Moss, this notion of the thinner you yeah. are, like, the better. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, but actually, as soon as you verbalize it and you, you say, actually, I've just got this internal narrative that's really stuck, this thin bias, and I'm not sure why I've got it, but I always just have this sort of mindless pursuit of thinness. And actually, it was great because once she vocalized it and as a group, we kind of chatted about it. I was like, well, that's probably not going to be a deep enough why. And then we looked into a real why. And it was like, well, I want sustained energy levels. I want to show up at work. Um, and B, she's an amazing singer. So she wants to turn up at work and have sustained energy and be able to perform brilliantly. And it was like, well, actually, this is a side effect. It's likely going to lead to some of those body composition shifts you're after. Not skinny, bitch. I don't, you know, skinny's yeah. But um, it's going to lead you to living in a body that's thriving, not surviving and not being kind of punished. Yeah, yeah. And I totally see that. And the beauty of this self-love practice, this self-love work, is that it can then be applied across every single part of your life. So it might be the gateway in your health and well-being because, you know, I've just written down as you spoke there that, that the majority of people, when they're looking to make a change, whether they realize it or subconsciously they're doing this, but quite often, especially with women around health and our body shapes, because of the narratives that we've grown up with, we come to the point of wanting a change because what we've really done is thought, well, if I change, then I am making myself more lovable for the outside world standards of what lovable looks like. My work is about, well, can I bring you back from out there where you're making a change for other people so that they then can validate that you're actually lovable? Can I bring you closer to home? Can I then take you on the inside? And can I show you how to love yourself first on the inside? Because then what happens is you stop even caring what the outside world tells you lovable looks like because you already know. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's really powerful, Debbie. As you were saying, I was like, I'm so pleased I got Debbie in to chat about this. Like, it's massive. You might even make me tear. Debbie always makes me cry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just like full disclosure, I started to tear up when she talked. And I think that is, I suppose, because it's really personal. And I think you and I are extremely lucky that and fortunate that we're, we're bringing people on this journey. Because what I often find is, people don't really want to do this work because it's emotional. It's, you know, it's introspective. You really have to think about everything. You have to think about your past. You have to think about all those other things that have kind of affected you and then bring it back to the only person that really matters. Because the only place, as I always say to people, the only place you're ever going to live is your body. Like you're only ever going to live in your mind. So yeah. doing this piece of work, doing this, this hard stuff is so much, it's so much more worthwhile, but it's so much easier just to go on a fad diet. It's so much easier to restrict sugar, stop bread. Cause you don't, yeah. you know, I'm, it's easy for me to sit in a restaurant and then go, oh, you know, I'm vegan now and I don't eat bread and I don't eat wheat and I've restricted everything. But the problem is I haven't taken any time to kind of look after my brain health and I haven't really taken any time to do that internal healing. And I know this for a fact, because then when women don't do that work and probably I'm speaking as a person who also has done that, doesn't matter what number the scale says, because it will never be small enough. 
It will mm. never be right. Because actually you haven't changed how you feel. You haven't done the real work, the work that's meaningful and is going to affect lasting change. And you'll look down at the scale and you'll be like, but I, you know, I'm only like, maybe I'm only nine and a half stone now, but I still feel inadequate, not worthy, uh, yeah. not good enough. And yeah. then what are you going to do if your only idea is shrinkage? And I know this is obviously, I'm always bringing it back to kind of that sort of fat loss goal. But yeah. if you haven't done that internal work, it doesn't matter what's reflected no. back. Even if everyone says, oh God, you look great. Don't you look yeah. amazing? Have you lost weight? Yeah. Doesn't matter because inside you haven't, you haven't done that journeying. You haven't done that, that reflective work of trying to come home to yourself and trying to love yourself. Could you talk about that a bit more, Debbie? Like when, if somebody's listening and they're like, oh, I probably need to do the real work. Do you have any kind of very gentle kind of nudges or shifts into how you change stuck in a narratives of this sort of negative loathing, kind of wanting change from, you know, a place of kind of not feeling good enough? Yeah, yeah, totally. And it comes back to the, I, I say the same thing with, with all of my clients. At some point in my work with everybody, I ask them to just spend a day, start off with just a day, where you ask yourself just this one simple question. And the question is, how can I love myself even more deeply right now? And it's so powerful because on a num it works on a number of ways. So first of all, neurologically, when you ask that question and you say even more deeply, you're already telling your brain and your body on some level, I already love you. Mm-hmm which is really nice. Writing so it down, Debbie, writing it down. <laughs> yeah, how, how can I love myself even more deeply right now? So it works really well with your brain because we send our, question, our brains questions all day, every day. We treat our brains like Google. And what I say to people is just replace those thousands of questions about what you should do, might do, could do, want to do. Replace it with one question all day. And it acts like a circuit breaker because it jolts your body, but it's not so jolted that it rejects it because it's waiting for a question because it's used to you asking questions. You ask it a question, but then your body goes, oh, but she's mentioned the word love. That's different. Let's take notice. So you're starting to build new neural pathways, you know, just by having this circuit breaker. And it's really simple. So you've circuit break break in your day in that moment and you say how can I love myself even more deeply right now you've told your body that you love it on some level already and then when you use the words right now you do that bit where I talk about not disassociating and being out there you come home mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because in that moment you have to be present and you just have to make one simple decision following that question so then how could that look how can I love myself even more deeply right now? Okay, I'm going to put my clothes out the night before so I get to that class in the morning because I know how important it is for me. I'm going to do that. How can I love myself even more deeply right now? I can stop telling myself that I'm not there yet and I can celebrate all of the ways in which I am already there. You know, so when I tell people this, the relief of being able to just spend a day asking themselves one question rather than a thousand, they start to see the power. But what's really happening is 
over a longer period of time, but for some people, just even only a day or a week, you are actually creating a new love language in your brain. And so your narrative moves from motivating you from maybe a self-criticism, self-loathing point of view and starts to be a beautiful, gently, compassionate, motivating voice that mm -hmm. tells you that the actions you desire to take are actually out of love. Yeah. Well, that's lovely, so it makes Debbie. It really, really simple. That's amazing. Really, I've, I've been writing down lots of uh, lots of different things um, there. Yeah, that's fantastic. And when it comes to, I know lots of the women you work with as well. They're juggling everything. So they have family. They might have like aging parents, growing up children, full on careers. What advice, like practically, because. I could imagine, you know, like at the moment, I don't know, my house is a mess. Like, you know, you've got a million different jobs that you're, you're trying to always do and a million different roles. And I do think it's particular to women that we're trying, I think maybe, maybe this is a massive generalization, but I do feel like women are very rubbish at prioritizing themselves. And I think when people work with you and I, and actually when people say, you know, what do I get if I, I don't know, come and work with you, Katie? I always say you get permission to work on yourself. Like I give you permission. Um, but what do you do when women are super busy and they're looking after, you know, elderly parents, growing up children, full on job, like any kind of practical tips for sort of balancing it all and still protecting yourself? Or I know you talked about boundaries. I don't know anything kind of helpful that might just help these people who are basically trying to fulfill like three full-time jobs in living in one person's body. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not easy. And that's why sometimes when we talk about this topic, people can sort of be quite resistant to it because they think mm. it can't be that simple. It can't be that simple, but it really is. Cause the funny thing is that what happens is, when you start to ask yourself just this one question throughout your day, it's like time starts to slow down and you start to make decisions that actually feel right for you. And all of those shoulds and coulds and people are expecting me to start to fall away. And that's the most important thing is allowing that question to lead you because everybody is completely busy these days. We're coming out of a two year pandemic we're still not fully recovered from the circumstances we found ourselves in with that. I'm just gonna keep talking because my phone's freezing. So I hope- Oh yeah, no, you're fine. I can hear you. You can hear me, good. Um, so it's about really asking yourself that simple question and then seeing where it leads you. And all I say to people is, don't put pressure on the situation. Just be curious about where it could lead you. Because when you are curious, you can't be judgmental at the same time. It's not physically possible. So just be curious about whether it makes you leave the shopping until tomorrow. Or just be curious about whether you could actually start to look at putting better boundaries in. Or just be curious about saying to people, actually, I think I need more support here. And just let it flow for a few days and see mm -hmm. where it takes you. Because that's the one thing about self-love that people have to realize is that there's no room for perfection in your self-love practice. You just have to compassionately observe yourself as you move through your day 
desiring to let love be the fuel, let love be the anchoring question. Because love can't magically take away, take away your responsibilities with your kids and with your elderly parents. Of course it can't. But it can shine a light on areas where you've probably needed help, support, communication, boundaries, being more open with what your needs are and choosing yourself first. You yeah, know? yeah. And that's because the reality it... is that self-love can take us to some challenging places that we know we've been avoiding for some time that we need to address. But the difference is this time you're taking love into that space and you can do it with compassion and fierceness and all the things you're going to need. But self-love is the fuel. Really? Yeah, I think that's really good. Because I think the other thing I do find is that we can be so, like, I think if you ask that question, so sometimes it's like, oh, you know, I've got 20 minutes, sun shining, I could either go outside, have a nice walk in nature. I know that'd be really good for my mental health. But I can also see that like the, I don't know, like this email needs answering or um, I don't know, the washing needs cutting out or both things probably need doing if it's anything like my life. But actually, I suppose if you did take that moment to reflect, it would be, what would loving myself look? Well, let me make sure I've got it right. So how can I love myself even more deeply right now? I would yeah. put my trainers on and I would get out yeah. into nature. And yeah. I think it's, and maybe sometimes if I knew that actually, you know, that email was a real priority, um, maybe loving myself might right now even deeply might even more deeply might look like answering it because I knew that would like release some tension and then maybe I could also have the walk and maybe neither would be perfect but I could flip off a response and then you know and then leave the washing etc but I think it's it's such a nice question to ask because I also think the pressure to do everything is coming from one place and often that's ourselves yeah if I watch my husband, he has better boundaries and I'll carry on like wanting to talk about like work things or we're trying to build a house at the moment. And by about eight o'clock, he says, no, I'm done now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, do you mean you're done? <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. And that's true because he's not thinking about all of the ways in which he should be doing things because the world has told him this narrative that well now you've got time to do it now now is the time we do our washing and we do our cleaning up and preparing for the next day you know yeah. there's there's you know that's why my online program is called eve because it's all of these stories that were told as women to be in service to others first to put our needs last to not be it's not safe to want what you want and go after it in a way that feels really good for you um and that's that's the bit that's interesting for me in reshaping these stories is what if you could live your life out of deep self-love and choosing yourself first? How could that look? How could that feel? And just one example, a lady who, um, even in the first week of my course that started two weeks ago, she said, I decided to choose myself first. And normally I'd go for a run at the end of the day when I've done all of my jobs and done my work and sorted the kids and done the tea and got ready for the next day. And then I'd head out. And I'd wonder why I hated it. So she said, I got up and I went on my run at the start of my day. I put myself at the top of my to-do list. There I was, right there. And she said, I loved it. And so she got her joy back because she chose herself first. And yes. she started to see 
that the rest of her day still happened. Her kids still needed to be fed. Yeah. Her parents still needed to be visited. But she'd chosen to put herself first instead of last. And mm -hmm. so what that created was a shift in her energy and enjoyment. And she realized that everything else, if I have to do it, still needs to get done. There are practical things that I can't tell you you can drop. But I chose to do it differently. I put myself first and then let that influence the rest of the day. So what she created there, she created love as the fuel to get her through the rest of the day. Oh, I love that. I really love that. And yeah, I, I think so many times and I have been much better. Like I think, and you said this right at the beginning of our conversation, like the, the journey of loving yourself more, like it is a journey that's going to continue for all of your life. Um, but certainly I've noticed that the things that I always pressured myself to like keep on top of the house, keep on top of that, I've had to let things go because work has been very busy. And actually what's happened as a result of that, I haven't really had to say anything, but my husband has started doing more. But previously he didn't have to because not because he, you know, it, it never really reached the threshold for him to have to do anything because I always had it all perfect. But I've yeah. been more very, I wish I could turn the camera around and I'll show you my dining room table. But as in <laughs> I do let it go and I am trying to be better at, putting kind of my you know what do I need first and I think what it is tricky because you're having to break that mold of you know pleasing everyone making sure everyone else is okay that you know the house is okay that you're on top of the washing basket I mean god forbid it kind of get out of control let you you know everything will spiral but actually it is a real lesson to learn to let some of these things go and yeah. I suppose get quite curious as well about well what will happen if I stop doing that yeah like somebody else might have to pick it up and maybe it isn't that your partner's super lazy but maybe their threshold for getting involved in certain jobs is a little higher than yours so you always go to do it but actually just letting some of the things go it's really interesting to observe what those people around you do and like with the children we've got them much more involved in you know, cleaning up their rooms, taking off their um, bed sheets, like unpacking the dishwasher. Because again, we assume that it's our job to own all of these things, control all yes. of these things. And it just means that you're pushing your self-care, your self-love, looking after yourself right to the bottom of the list. And it's quite empowering and enabling and you're creating better humans when you share that load out because you're a better yeah. human they're yeah. becoming better humans because they're learning all of these life skills. So I think actually just reflecting, because so many people are like, oh, I don't have time. I've got to like get the kids' packed lunches ready. Well, you know, could they start getting involved in putting their own packed lunches together? Yeah. You know, <laughs> could it be that you've got a rotate, rotate, rotor for like evening meals or, you know, who collects the shopping? Like, is there, I'm really interested in your program, actually. I'd like to hear more about it because there is this, there is a massive imbalance. And I think women now are working equally, you know, as in, in tricky, high-powered jobs or in whatever world you're in. And it's very equal to men, but the balance of domestic chores is not equal. No, no. But I think not. we have a responsibility. Yeah, we no, do. I was gonna say we have a responsibility to try and, yeah, get better balance in our own homes. Yeah. The, the interesting thing is, is the, the amplification of, of how your self-love practice then expands into your home life and your wider world is not what people think it is. People think 
oh my God, what are people going to think of me if I love myself so deeply I choose to be selfish? Oh my God, they're going to judge me. They're going to think I'm a really selfish human being and then I'm not a great mum and oh my God, I'm going to be a crappy wife. Actually, the truth is you become different and that's all it is. It's different. And there was a beautiful lady who came on my first course in January and she was trying desperately to build this business but she was in service to so many people that the thought of then taking herself away from those people was stopping her from actually fulfilling her own dreams because she thought it was going to be a really tricky, challenging conversation. But again, that's just a story we've heard about what sort of putting good boundaries in place needs to look like. And the way that I teach is that when you've learned this love language for yourself, you can start to have a dialogue with others that's totally different and it's rooted in love. So she had conversations with her children where instead of saying, I'm not getting to my business, I'm too busy in the house, I'm doing all this over here, blah, blah, blah. She sat down and had a family discussion and told them how important her dreams were for her business and how she would really love them to support her dreams. And it completely reshaped the conversation that they had around the kitchen table. So now her teenagers are not coming and knocking on the door when they know she's in deep work in her shed, you know, and they are helping out and getting tea prepped so that, and then they go and knock on the door and say, we've done the prep, would you like to join us now? You know, so, so That sounds incredible. Yeah, but, there's, a but massive shift. You, there's a massive shift. She and, and she's the lady who she said, I'll be honest, that when I first joined Eve, I was three weeks away from getting divorced. But learning to love herself and look after herself, because it's not just the loving yourself. It's then the loving actions that make up your day that really reinforce mm -hmm. that you are worthy of this. And yeah. as women, we've never felt worthy of taking our time for ourselves and ignoring the washing and ignoring all of these things that were giving to us and we never wanted them. Oh, we really never wanted them, Debbie. We never, never. wanted them. <laughs> still, I've never wanted them and I still don't want them. And if I don't want to do them, I don't do them. Because it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it's the world that tells me a story behind the not doing things that were never meant for me. I didn't ask for that. Can and you so, tell me, yeah, can you tell with Eve, like what stuck narratives or what societal norms or narratives are we fed as women? Like what would the foundation, what ones do you rock when people work with you? Because they sound fascinating. Oh, oh well, I'm just going to tell you that my phone is running out. So I'm going to go okay. really quick. Do it really quickly. So big, big, big ones are this, I must be in service to be a good woman. Yeah. I must be in service and give every ounce of me to be a good mother. Tick, I, tick. Must be, I, I must be in service and be constantly managing this entire house so that everybody else's life is balanced and okay. Even though that means I'm probably on the floor at the end of every day. Oh my goodness. Okay. That they are. I mean that's I don't want to lose you. I want to say goodbye properly. 
I just think that is literally going to resonate with like 100% of the women. Yeah. And maybe we need to have another one about breaking those narratives down when you've got more battery. Okay. But that's super interesting. And I, I think, yeah, if people can come away from this with nothing else, I'm going to read it out one more time. So how can I love myself even more deeply right now is an amazing message for people to have. Oh, Anna's uh, watching. Anna's going on an amazing journey right now. And I'm very proud of her. And she's doing the deep work, aren't you, Anna? Which I'm very proud of too. Um, so how can I love myself more deeply right now? And just getting curious. So when we have something that tells us that we have to do something, maybe get curious about seeing what happens when we don't do it or seeing yeah. how our day runs when we put ourselves first. Because I think often, yeah, you're right, we'll push our exercise right to the end of the day. When I work with women, I'm like, no, that's like that can be your magic time. Otherwise, you yeah. sort of have this anxiety cost and everyone's getting in your way and they're all the reason that you're not doing things. Whereas actually, if you protect a bubble of time at the beginning of the day, you just show up better. And also yeah. introducing any kind of movement or loving action early in the day. Maybe it's a nourishing breakfast that you've thought about. Maybe it's getting some sunshine in. Maybe it's, maybe it's something that's quite a treat. Maybe it's reading your book in bed for 10 minutes, but it's something that votes for being the type of person that loves themselves even more deeply. And um, that starts to shape and change your behavior. And then you just look yeah. after yourself better. And the rest is like magic. <laughs> yeah, you do. And, and with every single of those small actions, you are telling yourself, I am worthy and I am already enough. Oh, and on that note, before you go, Debbie, I wish I could just like jump through the, uh, the phone screen. <laughs> but um, thank you so much. I'm well, getting you on to talk more about Eve because it sounds fascinating. I will. And if you want me to come in and do a masterclass around this stuff for your lovely ladies, just let me know. Oh, God. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. I'll message you. All right. Love yeah. you. Bye. Love you. Bye, love darling. You